in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. That you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shot your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Amen. 18 says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Romans 13, 14. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and take not provision for the flesh to fulfill the last thereof. Put on Christ. The title of the message this morning is Jesus, the center of my life. Jesus, the center of my life. This month, our messages are supposed to center on or focus on Jesus Christ, who is the center of our lives. Paul said, in him we live and move and have our being. Paul tries to advise Christians in that dispensation and during this time that in of ourselves, we are not sufficient of ourselves in saying that we can do anything. Because embedded right on the inside of the being, of the human being, is weakness. We are supposed to be one of the weakness, I mean one of the weak creations of this world, physically speaking. Because Paul knows how weak human beings are, how the flesh can disappoint. He said that our sufficiency is in God. For us to be able to do anything, we need to focus on this Christ, this God, who is the center of our lives. This morning, my aim is to capture the entire theme of the year which is that we are being equipped as an army to possess the nations. And the fact that Paul has advised us that if we are soldiers, then we need to put on certain kinds of armor so that we can withstand the wiles of the enemy. Beloved of God, and in so doing, all, I would attempt to focus on what Paul describes as the evil day. When you've lived long enough, maybe my age and beyond, or even maybe 25 and beyond, you will come to appreciate that life is not that easy sometimes. Life can be described as bittersweet. Sometimes we have our sweet moments, 
Sometimes we have our mountaintop experiences that we cherish and embrace. But sometimes there are bitter moments that life brings. And when Paul was writing to the people of Ephesus, in the last chapter, Paul concludes, in the last chapter, he concludes his writing by informing them that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. In other words, if you are here today and you are going through any kind of struggle, too many distractions. If you are here today and you are going through any kind of struggle, Paul is saying that the struggle you're going through does not have its origin as flesh and blood. Oh, is that why you're walking around all around like that? Hallelujah. Paul is saying that our wrestling or our fight, our struggle, is not against flesh and blood, not against your neighbor, not against the human being. Are you here with me? Hallelujah. But he's saying that it is against principalities, against the powers of darkness. And he calls something, or he calls a certain day as the evil day. Beloved of God, the evil day is for us, or for you sitting there, the evil day is a day when it feels like all hell breaks loose in your life. The evil day is when you are overwhelmed with challenges. And I'm not talking about the normal ups and downs of life. I'm talking about certain times in your life that it seems that hell has gathered and had the meeting and your name showed up. Some days in your life that if you are careful, if you're not careful as a Christian, you would think that there is no light at the end of the tunnel. You are buried in this darkness with issues, with challenges. During those times, your normal plans don't work. Your normal going to church doesn't work. There are times that it seems that the, 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 you need the supernatural to be able to help you break through. Paul calls those times the evil day. But he also wants to let us know that anything physical and visible that we occur, that occurs to us, that happens to us, has or is preceded by that which is invisible and spiritual. There is something in the realms of the spirit that brings you out, sometimes isolates you, pursues after you, and makes sure that you go through, quote-unquote, hellish time. Paul said, when it comes to those times, stand firm. Hallelujah. Paul said, stand firm. When it comes to those times that he calls the evil day, I don't know what your evil day is or what your evil day has been for you, every single one here. 
no matter your, your age, no matter your experience, there is a customized evil day for you that you've either experienced or if you have not, then I want you to sit still and hang tight because your evil day will come. A day will come in your life that you'll be overwhelmed with challenges. A day will come in your life that if you don't take care and you make the wrong choice, the Lord, the, the, the enemy will take your life because you will think that there is no end, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. It is called the evil day. Paul said, when you experience those days, stand firm. Don't quit. Don't quit. Do not quit. Because when it comes to those times, it would seem the enemy would convince you that quitting is a solution to that evil day. Paul is saying, that fight, what you're going through, in the realms of the spirit, there's something invisible. There's something spiritual that has actually sourced what you're going through right now. Your wrestle is not against flesh and blood. The other time we were praying on the line, spiritual clinic. And then after I had delivered the message, right after the message, there was a lady at the end on the line saying, Pastor, but I have a question. I have a question. This message, it seems like it's, it's directed at me. It's, I'm the one you are talking about. Pastor, I've, I'm giving up. I've given up. I've lost hope. Is this God real? Does God exist? I, I'm, 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 Pastor, answer my question for me. I'm desperate. I said, are you at, which local are you at? PIWC Central. I said, no, I'm not at P. I live in Minnesota. And my mother just told me that, call into that line. Your problems may be, will be solved. And we needed to isolate. We turned the whole, the rest of the prayer meeting for her and isolated her and said, call us. Mama and I, she called and we counseled her and she was going through the most evil days of anybody's life. Don't quit. When you experience that day, when nothing makes sense to you, nothing in this world makes sense. Everything that you touch, it seems like for you alone, anything that you touch, you were ordained to destroy things in your life. Paul said, it is an evil day. Don't quit. He says, when you find yourself in situations like that, stand firm. When you are under the fire of suffering, stand firm. Take your stands. Be strong, be courageous in the strength of the Lord. He said, it's called the evil day. And then Paul tells us that when you encounter that evil day, or as a Christian, what you need to do to overcome that period of time in your life is to dress differently. Hallelujah. He tells us how to dress. And in the scripture that we just read, in Ephesians chapter 6, Paul said that take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in this evil day or in the evil day. Having done all that, after you have gathered the courage and strength in the Lord, Paul said, 
After you have decided that I'm not quitting, Paul said, stand. Hallelujah. Paul said, stand. When he says stand, he means that don't shake. No shaking whatsoever. He said, beware because this evil day is a period of time that the enemy has crafted and thrown a javelin towards you. Stand. But then he said, not only stand, but dress a particular way. Gird your waist with truth. He said, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Paul said, there's something called truth. Wear it. Righteousness, wear it. Paul said, there's something called shutting your feet in the preparation of the gospel of peace. Something called peace, wear it. Paul said, there's something called the shield of faith. Pick it up and quench the fiery darts of the enemy. Paul said, there is a helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Paul said, dress a particular way. Hallelujah. But, beloved of God, after he has said all that, after he has given us the six-piece armor that we need to put on, take your stance, dress in this way. I think about this scripture a lot this year. All these pieces, how do we remember to put on all these pieces at the same time? And how do you know that you are missing truth? You're missing righteousness. Maybe something in the armor is missing. When the belt of truth is gone, your armor, your whole dress falls apart. And then scripture took me to Romans 13, 14. Bible says, put on Christ. Paul said, put on the whole armor of God. And the same Paul in Romans 13, 14 said, put on Christ. So beloved of God, that means that Christ equates the whole armor of God. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ got to be the center of your life. Put on Christ. If you forgot everything that Ephesians 6, 10 to 18 talks about, remember Romans 13, 14. Put on Christ. Paul said in Ephesians 6, put on truth. Put truth on as a belt. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Paul said there's something called the preparation of peace. Shut your feet with the preparation of peace. Peace is something that you need. The aura of peace should be around you. Jesus said in this world, you will have tribulation. But I have came to give you peace. The peace I give you is a peace that the world cannot give. Paul said, put on truth. Jesus said, I am the truth. Paul said, put on peace. Jesus said, I have peace that I give you that the world cannot give. Paul said, there's something called the helmet of salvation. 
that you need to put on to protect your salvation. Jesus said that he is the author and finisher of our salvation, of our faith. Paul said, put on salvation. Jesus said, I am your salvation. And Paul said that there's something called the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Take up the word of God. Pure word. Let that pure word be on your heart all the time. Bible says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God in verse 14 of John 1. Bible says that that word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus said that he is the word. Beloved of God, so if you don't remember truth, remember Jesus. If you don't remember peace, remember Jesus. If you forgot about righteousness, he is our righteousness. If you forgot about faith, Jesus said that in him is faith. If you've forgotten about salvation, he is the author and finisher of our faith and our salvation. Remember Jesus Christ. If you cannot understand anything that has been spoken about the theme and about Ephesians 6, the whole armor of God, this morning, I want to just summarize it to you. Put on Christ. Once you put on Christ, you have all the armor on you. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. Bible says, therefore, let us read Ephesians 6, 18 first. After Paul has said, put on Christ, put on the armor, he said, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. I'm sorry, the, the mask is disturbing me. So keep this microphone for me and then wipe this whole place when I'm done. Put on Christ. He is the whole armor. The way to connect with this Christ is prayer. Hallelujah. When you find yourself in that day of evil, remember that you are in Christ Jesus. And in just remembering or just the pure or the mere knowledge that Christ is in you is not enough. But be able to connect to him through prayer. This is where I want to end our message. I'm not ending it right now, but follow, follow me from this time on. Prayer. Hebrews 4, 14, Bible says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with your weakness. You have a high priest who has also been through the days of evil before. His name is Jesus and the Bible says that he empathizes with you. The day of evil you're going through, he's been there. The challenges, the issues, the things that seem to bury you 
that you don't know your way out, he has been there. That is why Paul said, just stand. Just stand with me. Just, just stand for a little bit. Don't allow the enemy to push you to the threshold of doing something to yourself. Just hang on. Just hang on. And after you have stood, after you have put on Christ, have stood, remember to pray. Hallelujah. It says, let us therefore, because this high priest empathizes with us and knows what we're going through, he said, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. Somebody say confidence. Somebody say confidence. Look, this, this place, you are not a visitor in this place. This is the house of God. This is where the throne of grace resides. Your father is here. When you come in here, you've come to your father's house. When you invoke the name of God in your home, you, name, you mention the name of your father. You are not a visitor. Bible says that enter into that throne of grace with confidence so that you may receive mercy and find grace to help in that time of the evil day. Tell your neighbor, put on Christ. Oh, say it again. Say, put on Christ. Why is prayer so important in connecting us with this Christ? If you're here and from Sunday to the following Sunday, you never said a word of prayer, you disconnected yourself temporarily from this Christ. Why is prayer so important? Bible says Christ is the high priest who never dies. Praise the Lord. In those days, the chief priest or the high priest, they will bring the customers, the citizens, the church members who were going through their days of evil or who were going through stuff or whatever they were going through. They will bring their petitions before the Lord on their behalf. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. And when they sinned, they will bring all, they'll collect all their sins and the high priest will bring it into the Holy of Holies and sacrifice to the Lord and say, Jehovah, forgive them of their sins. So they interceded. Intercession literally means looking at the higher one who can supply and look at the least who is in need and connect them so that their needs will be supplied. So the high priest would do this and we know in scripture that they would do it over and over again. One dies and the other one takes over. Jesus came and offered a sacrifice once. Let me break it down a little bit. I've said this before. When you look at Hebrews 9, 2, you have to forgive me because when I came, you spend one hour to do open prayer and worship. So me too, when I come, I haven't seen you for a long time. So today, don't expect to leave here at 11 o'clock or 12. I'm begging you. Uh -huh. Rekwan, please for, uh, understand me today. Praise the Lord. Hebrews 9, verse number 2. Bible says, a technical was set up in the first room where the lamp stand and the table with its consecrated bread. With This was called the holy place. 
Let's read it together. Go. For a tabernacle was prepared. The first part in which was the lampstand, the table, and the showbread, which is called the sanctuary. Hallelujah. So this place was a sanctuary, was the inner place where the priests would bring their petitions. People who were going through evil days. People who needed their sins to be forgiven. The priests will perform their rites and bring it before the Lord. Hallelujah. This is like you've walked into a restaurant. You go in there, there is a table, there is a lampstand, there is a showbread. What is missing in this room is what? Somebody pick it up. It's a chair. There is no chair in this table, I mean in this room. The chief priest comes and performs their right. And there's no chair. It is symbolic that there's no chair in here. Because the praise and worship came and performed, sang to the Lord. And when they were done their work, they went and sat down. After I'm done preaching, I'll go and sit down. The instrumentalists are the only ones who always sit and play. And they're always sitting by. But if they were to come from wherever they are to play, after they play, they go to sit down. It is symbolic that in this room, where sins, where rituals are performed to link humans to God and bring people, humans petition to God, there's no chair. That means that the work of the high priests never ended. It kept going over and over and over again. Somebody who looks like our presiding elder Nathan comes in on Sunday and brings the petition before the high priest and confesses all their sins, all his sins. And the high priest said, no problem. I'm carrying it to God, no problem. And the following week, somebody else comes, the same, looking the same as Elder Nati. I'm sure the priest who said, didn't you come last week? And who said, you know what? I did it again. The work was going on and on. No rest for the high priest. But beloved of God, Bible says that this high priest in the order of Melchizedek, whose name is Jesus, after one time going on a cross, dying for us, Bible says that after everything was done, he ascended into the heavens and seated at the right hand side of the Father. His work on earth is done, sits, and Bible says that he intercedes for us. His ministry in heaven. When you read Acts 1, Theophilus said that, I know this Jesus. I talked about him until he died and then he rose again and ascended into heaven, continuing his ministry in heaven. His ministry in heaven solely is to intercede for us. If you are going through an evil day, if you are going through a time of trouble, stand, put on this Christ, connect to him in prayer. And as he intercedes daily for you, he will take your prayer and present it to the Father who is seated on the right hand side, the Father who is seated on his throne, and your prayers will be forgiven. Hallelujah. Let Christ be the center of your life. 
A certain young woman came to me and said, Pastor, you know, I need to go and try. I want to be a Buddhist. I want to try to be a Buddhist. And uh, what do you think? And then she mentioned another faith that I don't remember. I don't remember. And I said, have you tried Christ? She said, yes. I said, are you sure you've tried Jesus? She said, yes. I said, how have you tried Jesus? And she went on and on. And then we go to church and I play keyboard. She used to play keyboard for the church. I play keyboard for the church and I sing. I said, do you have Christ? Do you have Jesus? Have you accepted him as your Lord and personal Savior? She said, yes. I said, give, uh, give him another chance. This time, connect with him in prayer daily. You get up in the morning, connect with him in prayer. You don't see him, you don't touch him, but pray to him and have faith, believe in him. Connect with him in prayer. She's still in the church. We need to be able to connect to this Jesus who is our source. Look, the whole reason why he came on this earth was to die and redeem us and bring salvation to our doorsteps. But you see, the most interesting aspect is that it did not end over there. He ended his job on the earth but he went to heaven to continue to intercede for you, beloved of God. So in the same way that the people of Israel will bring their petitions to the high priest, let us bring our petitions to him in heaven. He is there to connect it to God. That is why he said that pray in my name. Pray in the name of Jesus. When you invoke that name in Jesus' name, I pray heavens hold on to that prayer. Recognize that name, the one who is seated on the right hand side of the Father, picks up that prayer presented to the Father. See, the only time, Bible says that the only time that after he has seated, symbolically seated on the right hand side of the Father, the only time that he got up was when Stephen was being stoned. When Stephen was being stoned, and Bible says that heavens opened, and Jesus got up and Stephen beheld Jesus. And he knew that where he was going was heaven because Jesus got up and beckoned him to come home. Beloved of God, Jesus intercedes for us. Let us take advantage of that intercession. Let us bring him into the center of our lives and pray. In his name, connect to him. When you're going through your evil times, think Jesus. When you're going through challenges, think Jesus. The answers might not be in instant, immediate, but Paul said, just stand and put on Christ and just pray. In due time, he will bring the response. Is anybody here who is despondent? Is anybody here who is giving up? Is anybody here whose faith is shaking? Is anybody here whose future seems to be cloudy? Or are you going through right now, you're in the midst of your evil day? Put on Christ. Lift up his name in your hearts. Exalt his holy name. Continue to pray. 
and visualize the victory of the cross and know that he is seated on the right hand side of the father interceding for you. His name is Jesus and is the center of your life. He was born of the Virgin Mary. Suffered under Pontius Pilate. Was crucified. Died. He was buried. But because of the power of the Holy Spirit, his body was overcome by the overwhelming presence of the power of the Holy Spirit. And on the third day, he rose again. He endured the cross and endured the shame because of you and I. Bible says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Do you think that when he was going through his evil day, do you think he gave up? He did not give up. He went through his evil day. He was whipped. He was stripped naked. He was crucified. They thrusted the, the, the nails through his legs and, and speared through his side. That was the, 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 the height, the epitome of the evil day. He went through all that. They spat on him. They yanked his beard out of his face. They tortured him in a way that he would, he would suffer the pain but not die. They killed him slowly. My Bible says for the joy set before him. If you're going through that evil day this morning, there's a joy that is set before you. Endure it. Just hang on. Just hold on. Beloved of God, just hold on for a minute because he will take you through. Stand. Stand. And put on Christ. Stand and put on Christ. Let us not give up so easily. If you know somebody who is struggling, if you have a fellow brother or sister in Christ or anybody who is going through pain, this morning I want you to pray and to seed for that person. This morning, I want you to visualize Christ and present that person's name to him. If it is yourself, we're going to spend a little time of prayer bringing yourself, bringing you before the Lord. Paul said that day is called the evil day. I have been through those evil days before in my life. There are days that if anybody comes right there and then and said, it's all going to be over, you look at them and like, are you kidding me? But he who has done it for us in the past, who has done it for you in the past, understand that he will do it again. Put ye on the Lord Jesus and make no provision for the flesh. Don't let anything else convince you otherwise. May the Lord be with you. May you stand during that day of evil. If you're here and you've been through that evil day, God bless you. He will take you through the rest of your life.
you haven't been through it before, it is coming. But when it comes, stand and know that victory has already been won. Christ is a center of your life. So when Paul said that it is not that we are sufficient in ourselves to think of anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. He's saying that once you put on Christ, once you have Christ with you, once you connect to him in prayer, there is nothing that you cannot achieve. And no challenge will be big. Challenges will, will, will shrink into obscurity because of this overwhelming power and force whose name is Jesus Christ, who is the Holy Spirit who dwells on the inside of you. Shall we be on our feet?